Masechet Nazir Daf Nun Bet. We have two topics today. Uh, the first is about an ant that's missing a leg. That's ant as an A-N-T. And the second topic is going to be whether um, you need skull and bones to uh, make a Nazir Tameh or skull or bones. Uh, to make him tameh. Okay, so we begin. Um, this relates to what we're talking about above, where we're talking about different cases of bodies that are missing a limb. Um, so now we're going to apply that to an ant. Um, that's missing something. So here's a general rule. In order to receive lashes for eating a prohibited food, um, generally, you have to have a kezait of that food, kezait of pig or whatever. Um, however, uh, this, is, this does not apply to a whole being. Um, if you have a, an insect that's whole, even if it's tiny, and small as you can see it, but if it's small, even if it's smaller than than a kezait, one does get lashes uh, for it, right? So that's a special rule. That's why um, we are very stringent regarding looking for bugs. Um, if there's bugs on uh, lettuce or whatever, um, right? So even though uh, even though it's small, one would get lashes for eating a bug if it's whole. Okay. So um, now, what if it's it's more or less whole, but a little less? It's missing a missing a limb. So then, what do we say about that? Do we say shiura gimirin la? That when we say it has to be a, a whole bug, that means a shiur of a whole bug, right? We're still talking about a measurement. So there's two types of measurements. One measurement is if something is not whole, then it will be kizait. But if it is whole, it has to be a full whole item. And if it's missing any part, then it doesn't rise up to the level of a shiur of a whole bug. Um, and this is missing, so therefore one would not get lashes. Or do we say it's a creation, and as long as it's alive, if it's not missing any vital organs, and an ant can live without one leg, um, and therefore, since it's still a whole being, it's not about it being a certain measurement and has to have all the limbs to reach that measurement, but rather just about being viable, and it is viable. And so, therefore, one would get lashes. All right, that's the question. Let's try to answer it. Okay, we have two Pesukim back-to-back. The Pesukim are talking about a Sheretz, uh, eight, the eight different types of sherasim that uh, cause special tum'ah. And so it says here, Kol bahem bemotam So anyone who touches, the, this is bemotam, when they are dead, uh, will become tameh. But the next pasuk says, Kol pol alav mehem, um, anything on which one of them falls, from what from one of them um, when when they are dead. So bahem and mehem are opposite words in terms of the midrash. Um, so on the one hand it says um, bahem, and so I would say maybe that are, that that seems to be an inclusive words an inclusive word. So can it mean? That all of them, meaning only if it's complete, bahem, but the next pasuk says mehem, even a piece of it. Um, and so that, therefore, we should be more machmir and say even a piece uh, of a, of a, uh, of, of a sheretz would cause tum'ah. We're comparing, uh, we were talking about um, uh, insects, but now we're just going to compare it to uh, these eight, eight uh, creepy crawlies. 
Um, so, but if it says mehem, so now any little bit? No, but that's why it says bahem to say them, meaning the whole thing. So now we have two words that have to balance each, balance each other out. Bahem only would mean a whole. Mehem only would mean even a small part. So hakesad, how can we balance these? Ad shehu kekulan so we can um, arrange for both of these words to be true if we say it's talking about a part that is like the whole. Now, what is a part that's like the whole? The rabbi said that is a lentil, uh, the size of a lentil. This is for shedatzim. Um, if you have a piece of a shedetz that's, si- that's the size of a lentil, that will cause shedetz tum'ah. We had the rabbis get to that because of the homet. This is one of the eight shedatzim. Um, people think it's a skink. Here's a picture of a skink right down here. Um, and when it's born, it's smallest size is the size of a lentil. Okay, very small. Um, but that is when it's whole. It's not, not missing any parts. Um, so what we see from here is that when we're talking, we're talking about shedasim and we want to get the smallest amount, it's not a kezayit because a whole shedetz can be less than a kezayit. So what's the smallest that a whole shedetz can be? Oh, it's a lentil size. And that lentil size means with all its limbs. So now by analogy for the ant also, when we say what's the smallest amount of a bug that one would be liable to lashes, well that means the smallest amount with all its limbs. So it is in fact a shi'ur, it's not just about if it's viable, if it can live or not, but rather a, a, a whole ant. Um, and uh, therefore, if it's missing a limb, uh, one would, and one eats it, well, he would not get lashes. All right, that's the attempted proof, but we're going to reject it. Rav Shemaya says, no, when we say we need a shiur, meaning a whole uh, one of these uh, skinks here, and when we say that if, it's, uh, if it doesn't have, if it's less than a lentil, then it does not cause tum'ah, that's only when it does not yet have a soul yet. Um, by the way, you see that even uh, even shedasim have a soul. Soul means it's alive. So we're taught, we, we use, the rabbis use that to say, you know, what is the minimum size of a sheditz? So they went and found a newborn skink that was not alive before. And so when it's born um, and, it be- and it becomes alive and it has all its limbs. And so it, this is that, the point at which it gets a soul when it becomes alive and it has all of them. So that's why they said the minimum size for sheditzim is uh, lentil size. Uh, however, once something is alive already, and then it loses a limb if it's not if it's still viable and doesn't doesn't need that limb to to survive then the rabbis may very well say that is still considered a hole so for an ant that misses missing a limb um, it could very well be that uh, the uh, that one is liable um, because it is viable right and you can't learn it from the derivation of sheditz. When they're deriving the smallest amount of sheditz, there they're going to say okay what's the smallest possible living sheditz that just was born, assuming a whole one, right? A normal, a normal one. 
Um, and so that's why they said um, with all its limbs. But that has nothing to do with if, if something is now missing a limb, but it's uh, but otherwise it's it's alive. Um, that and that, that that doesn't mean that that is not called a birya, and that for the prohibition of eating insects, we would go by viability, not by its being full size, meaning of all having all its limbs. All right, so we end without any clarification on that question. The next question has to do with what the Mishnah said. Hashidrave hagul golet, a nazir becomes tameh and has to shave because if he comes into contact with, and it says, a spine ve skull. Now the word letter vav in the Mishnah can mean and, it can also mean or. So we ask, So do we uh, teach it as a spine and skull? Now, that is what it says. So we're taking that literally, that you need both. That would be a lenient opinion, because you need both the spine and the skull to be tameh. Or should we understand it as either the spine or the skull would make a nazir tameh? Okay, um, we're going to see five attempted proofs here, all right, to say skull and or, or, uh, or is the Mahmir opinion, and so we'll see four proofs on of that way, and one proof at the end that it means and. Okay, the first proof is going to be about spine without ribs is tahor, and we'll derive from that that a, fa- a full spine um, with ribs is tameh, and that would mean a spine alone. So let's see. Amadava tashema shidrashe gered rov ilayin the Braita teaches that if you have a spine and the ribs are all fell off, um, uh, so that is tahor, because that's not a full spine. It doesn't have its ribs. You need the ribs to make the spine. However, if it's all inside a grave, then even if it's broken or disassembled, that's tameh, because the grave um, joins everything together that's in the grave. Um, as if it's as if it's connected. Um, okay, that's end of the Braita. Tama mishum de gered halo gered tameh. In the resha, the only reason why it's tahor is because the ribs fell off. But if the ribs did not fall off, then it would be tameh, even though it's only a spine without a skull. So this teaches that a spine alone would be tameh. So we learned that we should understand the vav as an or. Uh, is that a good proof? No. No, it doesn't really say so. You only derived it. And so therefore, we uh, all we know is what it says, that if the ribs fell off, it's tahor. If the ribs are on it, uh, that's a different question, right? Go ask uh, go ask your uh, local rabbi about that. The Benaita is only teaching one, is only teaching it precisely what it teaches, um, but you can't derive from what it does not say. Okay, second attempted proof. Ta'ashema. Rabbi Yudah Omer, Shishad Devarim Rabbi Akiva Metameh Chamim Metaharim Vechazar Bo Rabbi Akiva. This is a Tosefta in Masechet Aholot that says there are six uh, scenarios in which Rabbi Akiva was machmir and said um, a certain arrangement of bones is Tameh and the Chamim were lenient and they said it's Tahor. Uh, but Rabbi Akiva changed his mind. And there was an actual case 
um, from a, uh, the, the synagogue of the blacksmiths, um, and they brought a basket full of bones into the Bet Knesset, and they hung it in the airspace. The reason they hung it in the, as, as an airspace in, in, the, in the courtyard and not under the roof is because if it was enough bones um, from a corpse, then it would cause tent impurity, and so that would be bad. And so they put it, um, they put it not touching anything, hanging, and in the airspace, not under the roof, um, so that they can come and test it out. And so they asked Todos, the doctor, uh, he's an expert, he, he examined all the bones, and the other doctors also were with him, they examined the bones together, and they concluded that there is not a full spine from, from one corpse, right? There are pieces of, spi of, of spines from one corpse and pieces from another, um, but uh, it uh, sounds like the minimum you would need is a spine from one corpse. That's the end of the story. Uh, so from the story we can derive that the reason why it, they decided it was Tahor, by the way, the end of the story is that uh, since there's no uh, spine from one, so then the rabbi said it should be okay. And then the Biakiva is there. The Biakiva says, even if it's from two different corpses, um, it would still be Tameh. So they asked him, you know, Rabbi Akiva, let's vote. What do you say? And Rabbi Akiva said, I think it's Tahor. From the fact that he voted Tahor means he changed his mind because originally he said, even if you can combine it from two corpses, it's Tameh. Okay, well, so that's the end of the story. So anyway, the reason that the sages said that it's okay is because they, there is no spine, full spine, from one body. That We can infer from that that were there a, a full spine from one body or a skull from one body, then it would be Tameh Lamet, Tameh Ohel, and the Nazir would have, to, uh, uh, would have to shave for that. And so we can learn from there that it means or, either a skull or a spine. All right, this looks like a good proof, but we're going to reject it. The doctors were not being so precise with their language. Um, and so they were saying, uh, uh, obviously this and, and certainly that. Um, so they were saying, not necessary to say, I don't even have to tell you that we do not have a, a skull and a, um, a, a spine and a skull all from one body that and that's what would you what you would need right it could be that you need both and so and the and the doctors come and say listen i'm not even going to mention that you don't have a full spine and skull from one body um rather i'll tell you uh, even bigger that you do not have a even even just a skull from one body or just a uh, spine, not even just a spine from one body, nor just a skull from one body. So if you don't even have just a spine from one body, certainly you don't have a spine and a skull. But it could very well be that in order for it to be Tameh, you would need both a spine and a skull. All right, so we do not have any proof from this source.
let's go back to the outline to see where we were. We just finished the second proof um, that proved some that tried to say since the doctor said it's not that there isn't a spine from two, and that's why it's tahor. Maybe we can infer that if it was a spine from a full spine from one, that would be tameh and the spine by itself. And then we said no, the doctors were not speaking so precisely. They were saying obviously there's not even um, there, there's not a skull and spine together that you might need, um, but there's not even just a spine from one. Okay, so that is left inconclusive. Now we're going to, con- to, to read the rest of that Braita that actually lists all six of the um, issues that were under dispute between Rabbi Akiva and the sages. Now, in order to get to six, we're going to have to read spine and skull, and skull together as one, uh, because otherwise it's going to be too many, it's going to be seven. And so this will be an attempted proof that you need spine and skull. I know I had this pink before, but I just changed it to green, um, because this is actually a proof for the and side. And so let's see the continuation. Uh, let's learn from the count. What are the six issues that Rabbi Akiva was stringent and said Tameh and Chamim said Tahor? If you have a limb, let's say an arm from a dead body, uh, but an arm by itself from one body, certainly everyone agrees, would be Tameh. But what if the arm comes from two bodies? You have half an arm of one body and half an arm are from another person. Uh, together, they make uh, they they do they make uh, some do they cause tumah uh, or not? Um, tumat ohel. And the answer is Rabbi Akiva's Machmir Rabbanan disagree, and they say no, it has to be from one body. That's one. Alevin min hachai sheba mishene adam, and the same thing is an amputated limb from a person who is alive also causes tum'ah if it was from one person for sure surely it would cause tum'ah but if it's half from one person and half from another uh, a person they're both alive amputated uh, half of an amputated arm um, then Ibi Akiva is machmir on that third issue al chasi kav atzamot sheba mishene metim everyone agrees that if you have a kav a, a half kav of atzamot of bones that causes tumah. But what if it comes from, from one person? What if it comes from two different from two different people? Rabbi Akiva's Machmir sages are Mekel. Or again from one person. Everyone would agree that that would be Tameh. But Rabbi'itam from two people, Rabbi Akiva's original position was Tameh. Um, uh, ve'al, uh, this one we're going to see he may not have even changed his mind about that now the smallest amount of a body that, be, that can cause tum'ah although not tent impurity just regular impurity for touching it is a barley grain size bone um, now if it's from one person or a whole, a whole one then yes but if it's split into two um, and now it's just two, two halves of it Rabbi Akiva was machmir, and the Chachamim are mekel and says tahor. So that's already six. That's already five items. And now you have vashidra vhagulgolit. If you if that's five, and then shidra would be six. Gulgolit would be seven. If you count shidra and gulgolit as separate things, then you have seven items. So therefore, you have to read it as shidra vegulgolit means one. That's together number six. 
If you think it's or, then you're going to have end up seven. So that is the uh, proof, and now we're going to reject it. Then we're going to reject it in a few different ways, because in other words, the point is that you can count Shidra and Gogolet as two separate ones, as an or, and we have other ways of counting these the uh, first um, uh, the, the first ones so that we can combine or not count one of them uh, so that we will still end up with six and there'll only be five others uh, besides the Shidra and Gulgolit. So there's a few ways to count the others as five. Here's a few of them. And there's a mnemonic here to remember um, these different answers. When we were counting the six, we were only counting cases where there is a majority against Rabbi Akiva. But we're not counting the smallest size bone that it's like a barley grain because there it's not the majority against Rabbi Akiva, but rather only a single opinion against Rabbi Akiva. And we know this from a Braita, if you have a barley grain that's that divided into two and so and each one is smaller than a barley grain, Rabbi Akiva says it's still Tameh, and Ryochan Ben Nuri says it's Tahor. But the, uh, the, the, the but only one sage disagrees with Rabbi Akiva. So therefore this is not counted among the six, right? If you remember here, it says um, that Chachamim Metaharin. We're only going to count six cases where the majority of sages um, disagree. We happen to put this into the list um, because it is another case where the Akiva's Mahmir compared to someone, but it's not counted in the in the enumeration of six. Um, so if you take that, take this one out, then you're left with only uh, four other cases plus Shidra plus Gulgolit, that makes six. So there's no proof that it's an and, it could very well be an or. All right, that's one way of recounting. A second way, or maybe we should count the ever minamet, but not the ever minachai um, over here. So uh, perhaps they disagree only regarding a limb from a uh, from a dead body from two people, but the one from a live body either don't count it at all or count these two together as one. Right, ever minamet, ever minachai, the same case. And so we would not count that as two, and that allows for um, Shidra and Golgolit being counted separately. A third way of answering the recounting, or maybe we're only counting uh, things that would cause tent impurity and, and are therefore also severe enough that they would make a Nazir have to uh, shave. But the um, olive, the, the, the barley grain size, uh, does not cause a tent impurity. And so that's why it's not as stringent as the other ones. Um, and it, uh, it, only, it only causes tumat met from contact and carrying, not tent impurity. So we're listing six items that include tent impurity, um, and the Nazir would have to shave if he was in that tent. Uh, so that's why that's another way of counting. And the fourth way of recounting, we're only counting cases when the Akiva changed his mind to agree with the majority. But regarding the Rivi'itam that comes from two bodies, 
There, Rabbi Akiva never changed his mind. And we know this from a conversation that Rabbi Yudanasi said to Bar Kapara and said, "Do not include Rabbi Itam in uh, in this in, in the list of things that Rabbi Akiva changed his mind. Right? Don't list it um, because Rabbi Akiva for that has a good source." Um, um, and furthermore, a pasuk uh, 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 supports him, right? So he had a uh, he had. He, he had a, a tradition about this, and he had a pasuk that supports him. The pasuk is, regarding a Kohen Gadol, says, nafshot met. And we said nefesh is referring to blood, right? And that's in plural, so that refers to two sources of blood from dead people. Um, will combine. And so since he has a source, he, he refused to uh, give in and change his mind about that. Rabbi Shimon also supports the fact that Rabbi, uh, that, um, Rabbi Akiva never changed his mind and he said it in a rhetorical way against um, uh, against the other uh, opinion, maybe the Tanah the Tana that did list it in the list. So Rabbi Shimon says, you put that on the list of things that Rabbi Akiva changed his mind? No, I know for sure. This is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Rabbi Akiva's student. And he says, all of Rabbi Akiva's days, he always said that blood from two, if eat blood from two corpses is Tameh. If he changed his mind after he died, I don't know about that. He's being sarcastic, right? Of course, he didn't change his mind after he died. Um, uh, so that's at the extent to which Rabbi Shimon was antagonistic about that opinion. Um, and so Rabbi Shimon confirms, in fact, yeah, uh, in fact, Rabbi Akiva never changed his mind about that. Now, incidentally, Tana After Rabbi Shimon said that, he said, used this kind of sarcastic language that was not respectful to, to Rabbi Akiva, right? To say, oh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he changed his mind after he died. It wasn't a nice way to speak, and so he fasted. Because he spoke in a in disrespectful way, he fasted so many times that his teeth became blackened. All right, what we see from here is that Rabbi Akiva did not change his mind about them, and therefore that's why we should not count it in this list. And so if you take that out, then you have room to count skull or bones as two separate ones, and therefore there is no proof from here. All right, that completes proof number three. Okay, and now we're going to continue and learn something from what Shammai says. Uh, Shammai Hazaken. Okay, Tashema. Uh, this is a Mishnah in Eduyot that teaches the Tanya. Bet Shammai Omerim. Rova Atzamot Min Atzamim. O Mishenayim O Mishelosha. Bet Shammai says in order to have, uh, have impurity, um, uh, this, this uh, corpse impurity for a tent, you need rova, a quarter kav of atzamot, from among other bones, or, uh, uh, and, and so, in other words, it can't just be one, it's got to be at least two or three. Um, okay, and so you can't just have one. That's Bet Shammai. And Bet Shammai seems to disagree and say, and, and, and he says, Rova min quarter kava bones from one body, from the same body, 
and it can be either from the majority of its structure or the majority of the number um, so that if it's uh, e either one so you could have a majority of the number if you have many small bones even if it's not a majority of the of the uh, size of the person or you could have a majority of the size just from three bones um, if you take very long bones um, and so either one Okay, so that's the machloket. Now, Amar Yoshua, um, Nebi Yoshua, this is all still in the Mishnah, commenting on this machloket. Bet Shemayim Bet Hillel says, Yachoni la'asot ibre Bet Shemayim ibre Bet Hillel ke'echad. They're not necessarily disagreeing. They might just be using different language to, for, to say the same thing, right? They're emphasizing different cases, but actually we can reconcile their opinions. How could we do that? Bet Shammai is giving an illustration of where would you would have Rov Binyan, the majority of the structure of the height of a person. Um, so Bet Shammai is giving an example if you have um, a majority, it doesn't mean majority as in number, but majority as in the size of the bones. And it couldn't be from just two or three, you can get a majority of a person's height. How could you do that? Either from two shin bones and one thigh bone, or one or two thigh bones and one shin bone, or in other words, two femurs and a tibia, or two tibias and a femur. Um, these are the, uh, the femur is the longest bone in the body, and you take uh, two or three of those, and you already get the majority of a person's height. So that's what Bet Shammai was giving an example of that. And then Bet Hillel Omedim Mina Givia Omerov Binyan Omerov Binyan Oilvishnan Be Mifrekeya and so then Betilel says, oh, majority of bones from the body, and it can be the majority of the height of the body, as, as my colleagues at Bet Shammai said, or it can also be the majority of the number, because if you look in the hand and the feet, there are a lot of very small uh, bones, and you could take the majority of them, you know, you get 120-something, uh, of them, and then that will be majority, even though if you just put them all back back to back, there'll actually be um, uh, only a small amount, uh, but that also. And so maybe Bet Shemayin and Bet Yilal agree, um, they're just uh, uh, presenting uh, one case or the other case. All right, so that's the interpretation. Now we get to the part that we've been waiting for. Shamai Omed, Afilu o Min This is Shamai himself. This is Shamai Hazaken, who had an, a much, much more stringent opinion than Bet Shamai. It's interesting that there could be a difference between Shamai and Bet Shamai, right? Over time, I guess Bet Shammai uh, adjusted themselves to be more lenient. Uh, but Shammai himself said, even if there's just one bone from the skull or one bone from the spine, that is enough to cause tent impurity. Um, so what's the what's the point? If Bet uh, if Shammai himself said one bone from this or one bone from that, but they did say or. So let's we can, can let's presume that the the sages who disagreed with Shammai, everybody else, uh, would agree with that there's with the or part of it. They just think that it's not enough to, to have one bone. You need an entire spine or an entire skull. But if you have an entire spine or an entire skull, either one or the other, then that would cause the uh, that would cause tent impurity. Um, so that would be the derivation that uh, the the their machloket would be parallel, right? Would be somewhat similar.
So we reject this proof and we say, no, Shani Shamai de Machmir. No, Shamai was so Machmir, he was so extreme all the way on one on, on one side to say even one bone just from the spine or one bone just from the skull that would be sufficient to make it Tameh. Um, but the sages might be on the other extreme and say, no, you need a full spine and a full skull. And it's and. Um, so therefore you cannot prove from Shammai because Shammai was an extreme, uh, an extreme opinion. Now we're going to, uh, based on that assumption, prove from the opposite. If in fact they were, um, uh, Shammai was so extreme that he was all the way on one side and we can assume that the rabbis were all the way on the other side, well that itself can be a proof the other way. We can assume that the reason why Bet Shammai says just one bone from either or the spine or the skull is because they are so machmir and so if they're so machmir that must be that the rabbis are um, are on, all the way on the other side and they would say there has to be a full spine and a full skull and so from here we can prove um, uh, that, that it's and let's just go back to our uh, outline one more time right proof four was that uh, since Shammai says either or, the rabbis may be also say either or. The difference is only that Shammai says one bone from either or, and the rabbis say you need a full from either or. But this is not necessarily, Shammai is such an extremist, right? Um, okay, fine. Uh, so if, if Shammai is such an extremist, and the middle opinion would be and, fine, so let's prove from that. He, as Shammai says or because they're so extreme, the rabbis are the opposite, so they say a full skull and a spine. That's the final attempted proof for leniency, but we reject that as well. Not necessarily. It could be that the uh, controversy is not that extreme. And the rabbis only disagree against Shammai when there's just one bone from either the spine or or one from the skull and that's not enough just to have one but if you have an entire uh, an entirety either from the skull or an entire uh, spine then that alone would be sufficient and so we can't tell either way from here and so we leave this question open uh, whether uh, in the Mishnah when it says spine and skull did that mean both in order to be be to make a nazir tameh or just either one or the other uh, causes tent impurity. Baruch Adonai Amen v'amen.